What happens after we die? This is a world-ending question that everyone needs an answer to. Now, today I'm not going into the godly stuff, but today I'm going a little bit scientisty. So what actually happens to us and our bodies after we die? Uh, it might take a little bit of force to break this up. Uh, usually, the fresher the body is, uh, the easier to to work with the body. Uh, well, says a mortician Holly Williams, lifting John's arm and gently bending it at the finger's elbow and wrist. Uh, usually, the fresher the body is, is the easier for me to work on. Williams speaks softly and has a happy-go-lucky demeanor that belies the nature of her work. Raised and now employed at a family-run funeral home in North Texas, she has seen and handled dead bodies on an almost daily basis since childhood. Now she is 28 years old, she estimates that she has worked on something like 1,000 bodies. Her work involves collecting recently deceased bodies from the Dallas-Fort Worth area and preparing them for the funeral. Most of the people we pick up die in nursing homes, says Williams. But sometimes we get people who died of gunshot wounds or in a car wreck. We might get a call to pick up someone who died alone and wasn't found for days or weeks. They'll already be decomposing, which makes my work much harder. John has been dead for about four hours before his body was brought into the funeral home. He had been relatively healthy for most of his life. He had worked his whole life on the Texas oil fields, a job that kept him physically active and in pretty good shape. He had stopped smoking decades earlier and drank alcohol moderately. Then one cold January morning, he suffered a massive heart attack at home, apparently triggered by other unknown complications, fell to the floor and died almost immediately. He was just 57. Now John lay on William's metal table, his body wrapped in a white linen sheet, cold and stiff to the touch, his skin purplish gray, telltale signs that the early stage of decomposition were well underway. Now, far from being dead, a rotting corpse is teeming with life. A growing number of scientists view a rotting corpse as the cornerstone of a vast and complex ecosystem, which emerges soon after death and flourishes and evolves as decomposition proceeds. Decomposition begins several minutes after death with a process called autolysis, or self-digestion. Soon after, the heart stops beating. Cells become deprived of oxygen, and their acidity increases as the toxic byproducts of chemical reactions begin to accumulate inside them. Enzymes start to digest cell membranes and then leak out as the cells break down. This usually begins in the liver, which is rich in enzymes, and in the brain, which has high water content. Eventually, though, all other tissues and organs begin to break down in this way. Damaged blood cells begin to spill out of broken vessels and, aided by gravity, settle in the capillaries and small veins, discoloring the skin. Body temperature also begins to drop until it has acclimatized to its surroundings.
then rigor mortis, the stiffness of death, sets in. Starting in the eyelids, jaw, and neck muscles before working its way into the trunk and then the limbs. In life, muscle cells contract and relax due to the actions of two filamentous proteins, actin and myosin, which slide along each other. After death, the cells are depleted of their energy source and the problem and the protein filaments become locked in place. This causes the muscle to become rigid and locks the joint. During these early stages, the cadaver ecosystem consists mostly of the bacteria that live in and on the living human body. Our bodies host huge numbers of bacteria. Every one of the body surfaces and corners provides a habitat for a specialized microbial community. By far, the largest of these communities resides in the gut, which is home to trillions of bacteria of hundreds or perhaps thousands of different species. The gut microbiome is one of the hottest research topics in biology. It has been linked to roles in human health and episodes of conditions and diseases, from autism and depression to irritable bowel syndrome and obesity. We still know a little about these microbial passengers while we are alive. We know even less about what happens to them when we die. On August 2014, forensic scientist Gonas Javan of Alabama State University in Montgomery and her colleagues published the very first study of what they have called Tanatol microbiome from Tanatos, the Greek word and god of death. Many of our samples come from clinical cases, says Javan. Someone dies by suicide, homicide, drug overdose, or traffic accident, and I collect tissue samples from the body. There are ethical issues because we need consent. Most internal organs are devoid of microbes when we're alive. Soon after death, however, the immune system stops working leaving them to spread throughout the body freely. This usually begins in the gut, at the junction between the small and the large intestines. Left unchecked, our gut bacteria begin to digest the intestines, and then the surrounding tissues from the inside out, using the chemical cocktail that leaks out of damaged cells as a food source. Then they invade the capillaries of the digestive system and lymph nodes, spreading first to the liver and spleen, then into the heart and brain. Havan and her team took samples of liver, spleen, brain, heart, and blood from 11 cadavers. And between 20 and 240 hours after death, they used two different state-of-the-art DNA sequencing technologies combined with bioinformatics to analyze and compare the bacteria content of each sample. The samples taken from different organs in the same category were very similar to each other, very different from those taken from the same organs in the other bodies. This may be due partly to differences in the composition of the microbiome of each category, or it might be caused by differences in the time elapsed since death. An earlier studying of decomposing mice revealed that although the microbiomes changes dramatically after death, it does so in a consistent and measurable way. 
The researchers were able to estimate time of death to within three days of a nearly two-month period. Havan studies suggest that this microbial clock may be ticking within the decomposing human body too. It showed that the bacteria reached the liver about 20 hours after death and that it took them at least 58 hours to spread to all the organs from which samples were taken. Uh, thus, after we die, our bacteria may spread through the body in a systematic way. And the timing with which they infiltrate the first one, internal organ, and then another may provide a new way of estimating the amount of time that has elapsed since death. After death, the composition of the bacteria changes, says Devon. They move into the heart, the brain, and then the reproductive organs last. In 2014, Havan and her colleagues secured a $200,000 grant from the National Science Foundation to investigate further. We will do next-generation sequencing and bioinformatics to see which organ is best for estimating the time of death. That's still unclear, she says. One thing that does seem clear, however, is that a different composition of bacteria is associated with different stages of decomposition. But what does this process actually look like? That will be a topic for next time. If you want another scientist episode, you should comment down below. I should do this or I should stick to my uh, lifestyle business podcast stuff. Now, yeah, after all, we'll say thank you. Hit the like, subscribe, and share button. And if you enjoy, do what I said. Now, goodbye.